Hi, I'm Nicole Hurd, and welcome to my podcast. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be inspired. And the good news is, there are a lot of inspiring people associated with the College Advising Corps. Over the coming weeks and months, I will have the honor of introducing you to them. People who believe in hope, people who believe in opportunity, people who believe in our beauty, our power, and our potential. People who believe in serving in communities and people who courageously say, I believe in you. And we will also talk about the importance of navigating the path to college. Join me in this journey to be inspired, this journey in a time of challenge to lift and love and dream. Welcome to the Knowledge for College podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Knowledge for College podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hurd. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Uh, this is my second episode with these three amazing people. Um, and last time, if you haven't watched, we talked about partnerships. This time, we're going to talk about personal statements, about telling your story. Uh, back with these P words, we're going to talk about passion and persistence, because when you're applying to college, those are two important words. So want to welcome back Eric Waldo uh, and our two former advisors uh, who are now amazing alums, uh, Lisa and Carla. So welcome back, everybody. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for, thanks for doing this a second time. Uh, we are going to get personal real fast. Here we go. So uh, I, will, I will start by getting personal by saying uh, I've already shared in the podcast, my daughter is a first year freshman in college, but my son is a senior in high school. So uh, I am still in the midst of the college process, not just uh, in my passion vocation with a college advising corps, but in my home. <laughs> and so uh, Matthew is applying to college this year, and we were on uh, looking at the lovely common application prompts, uh, and it was time for him to start thinking about his essays. Um, and he said to me, Mom, what makes a good personal statement? I said, I have three people who I'm going to ask that. So uh, in our spirit of this podcast, giving light and love and hope uh, and amplifying voices, which again, so thrilled to, to amplify the three voices uh, on this podcast today. Also into practical advice. So Eric, uh, I don't want to embarrass you too much, but do you remember that personal statement that you submitted a couple of years ago? <laughs> Believe it or not, I do. Um, I'm one of those people who has like cra- a crazy memory. Um, so I, ve- I, I wrote. So I wrote. I do remember my personal statement. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I, I so so folks. You know, this, and this can maybe lead into my advice. My, you know, you, I think you got to be. You got to be honest. You got to be true, and you have to say something that's uniquely you. And so for me, um, you know, my bio is a little strange, right? I like to tell people I'm a. Puerto Rican Jew from Alabama, and uh, I talked about actually the experience of my grandmother, um, Ana Rosa Rodriguez, who um, raised three daughters by herself in Puerto Rico, raised my mom and her sisters, but then late in life um, had Alzheimer's, and just like how seeing our family struggle dealing with sort of the matriarch in the family, um, you know, go through this mental health decline, and what it meant for me as the grandchild, and, and seeing that change, and you know, and I was really just me writing less about myself, but more about this sort of what was happening to our family and what I was seeing to bring out of my mom and me and what I was learning about people and the healthcare system. And, you know, it wasn't me saying like, oh, by 27, I'll have written my first, you know, Pulitzer or by 45, I'll start this organization to XYZ. It was just kind of letting people have a little window authentically into who I am in my life. And, um, that essay got me into my, my top two schools, um, and, I, and I, always, I always remember it. No, thank you for sharing that, Eric. It's beautiful. I think it is so hard to be vulnerable, right? And it's so hard to be brave. And I think that's what that statement's all about, right? And so, um, Elisa, do you want to talk about what was your statement like? 
Yeah, no, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I took a non-traditional route through higher education. Uh, I was a community college student and then transferred to a Cal State uh, where I didn't really have to write a personal statement for my undergrad, uh, but I just completed my graduate program and I definitely had to write a personal statement. And honestly, when I was writing those personal statements, I was still an advisor. And so um, just as, when my students were writing their personal statements, I was writing mine as well along with them. And um, yeah, I was just in, in that personal statement for my graduate program because um, I was I graduated in college counseling and student uh, student development from Azusa Pacific. I focused on my journey. And so my journey through higher education, being a first generation student, having gone to community college and being a stellar student in high school. But again, I didn't have that support to tell me, hey, there's a difference between a two year, a four year, you have the grades and the capability to go to a four year, you know what, I didn't have someone to challenge me to say you should go. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that's another reason why I want to go into counseling because I want to be that voice to say, hey, you can and you have the grades and you're capable of doing it. Let's push you. I didn't have that person in my in my high school experience to push me to to challenge myself and so in my personal statement I spoke about that journey and I advise my students to to do the same and to to speak on a journey or speak of an experience that shows that you know they're dedicated they're passionate and they are you know want to excel and succeed and um I mean I'm going to share if I can I can share an experience uh, oftentimes students would come to me saying, well, miss, I don't have a sob story to share, or I don't have um, anything that's unique, or, you know, I'm just, I'm just ordinary. And I would, you know, I, I would take a pause, and I would have them, you know, look through the questions. And, you know, I would say, okay, let's forget about the questions. And I would rephrase one of the questions for them. And I would ask them, okay, um, tell me about, you know, why are you interested in this hobby? Because I would see their folders full of pictures or things like that. So I would catch something um, from them and they would go on for five minutes speaking on that and very creatively. And I, and I would tell them, next time I'm going to have a tape recorder and I'm going to record your conversation because <laughs> there goes your personal statement. Um, and oftentimes they don't know that. And, um, and so that is something that I would tell my students. I'm like, you see, it's right there. You just told me your personal statement. Um, and so that is something that I, I, one of the memories that I do cherish is that my students know what they want to, they know what they have to do, but they don't know how to do it. Um, and so I, I would always encourage them, like, you just told me, you just now got to put it on paper. <laughs> Carla, you want to talk about your personal statement or some of your, your experiences yeah. with that lovely process? <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I, um, my experience, I applied to everything. Um, I uh, used the Common App, I used the UC app, Cal State private application. So I had a number of different, um, and at the time, in the, uh, actually thinking about the Common App, they had like different types of questions, but also the institution can add like their own questions. So my particular institution, I was really interested in going to faith-based institutions. So um, actually the uniqueness of some of my personal statements was getting to talk about like, well, why do I want to pursue my education at um, a faith-based institution? Um, and that was something that really mattered to me, that I, I value my faith. Um, and that was something that I was looking for uh, in a school. So actually, 
even the question challenging me to like, well, why do you believe in what you believe in and why do you want to learn it here? That was my, um, that was essentially what the question was asking. So I, um, I had the experience of being able to share um, personally how I had come um, to, to, to faith and in, in my family, uh, Hispanic culture, um, really being um, just struck by faith at, at a young age and how that influenced my desire for education and wanting to care for the people around me the way that I, I believe that like God cares for the people around us. Um, so that was something that was embedded into, into even the questions that some of the schools that I was applying to um, asked. And, and I see that um, when, yeah, we read through so many different um, personal statements for students. And a lot of times I, I would see the struggle between making, uh, finding their authentic um, voice in that and oftentimes it, it's it's kind of funny because it is a personal statement and um, there is like Elisa was describing there was a struggle of like well I don't have anything unique um, and it was really being able to dive into like well what is something that is unique about you um, that that maybe maybe be a bit vulnerable to share but we'll be able to say so much about you um, and I'd add being able to do that in a concise way we read through so many that were four or five pages um, I had, I, I also had opportunities to read for different universities and noticed after so many of these, um, if, if there are five pages, if they're so, uh, very long, it, it can be pretty, pretty tough. But um, something that I really appreciated was, was being able to see like how, how students would be able to, to share their voice and share their stories um, in, in a way that um, what we were able to read um, through um, shortly and a lot of them do have short characters uh, where where they do have to to write through that. So um, I I would always encourage students to, to to not submit just their first rough draft. That it was a shorter amount of characters or words that they had to use because that would mean that they would have to revise and and review them. Um, and that's something that the counselors and college advisors like us were able to do. We were able to help them revise, help them to find. Um, like Lisa shared, a unique experience that was unique to them um, that, that would allow them to share who they, who they are. So thank you for sharing that. Eric, you want to talk about, you, you gave us a, a beautiful um, uh, memory of your statement. Just a little bit of advice you have. I'm sure students, um, you get this question, what, what, what would you put, what's, what makes a good personal statement? Do you have any, any tricks or, or thoughts that you have in your head when that, that comes about? You know, just to build on the, on the conversation, I would say, right, that in some senses, it's more of an exercise of reflection about deep understanding of how you do have a superpower, even if you don't think you do. And so actually, Nicole, you'll appreciate this. It was the week, it was the week after Trump was elected in 2016. We had planned already with another nonprofit, 826 DC. It's a chapter of Dave Eggers' national nonprofit, 826. Which has a which runs basically after school writing centers around the country. They want to get young people excited about creative writing. They really make these really fun places. They do essay writing workshops all the time, and they brought in students to the White House, um, low-income first-generation students of color, into the EOB, and we were having this, you know, day-long session uh, about how to be a better writer and how to write your own story. And you know, it's really a fun exercise. And I actually think no matter how old you are. Um, the personal statement is a good exercise because it forces you to think about, you know, if you're an older person, 
you know, thinking about your LinkedIn profile, thinking about writing a cover letter, thinking about your resume, they're all different versions of how are you telling someone your story? And the same problems that maybe plagued some people when they were 17 and 18 still plague people when they're 37, 47, and 57 because they think, uh, is that important? Does anyone care about that thing I did? Is that thing I did important enough for me to put on my resume? Is it important enough for me to write about in a personal statement? And I would argue, and again, this is advice from Dave Eggers, a great writer, and Michelle Obama, another great writer, two best-selling writers. With Mrs. Obama, we did a, a, a student event before the Becoming Book Tour started, uh, right as it started actually in Chicago, where she visited her old high school. Um, and we went um, to, to Chicago and we did a round table with, with, with girls who are current high school students in her old high school. And she, you know, becoming is all about learning to tell your own story and seeing the value in your own story. And Mrs. Obama was talking to some of the young women and someone's like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't even know why I got chosen to be here. Da, 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 da. Like she kind of felt like she didn't feel like she deserved to be in the circle. And Mrs. Obama said, well, tell, tell you know, you, you just told the story about your, you know, you have a job, you're taking care of your brother, you're doing all these things. Like that's important. That's, that's a bigger deal than, you know, being on the swim team. You take, having a job, taking care of your brother, getting to school the way you have to, that's impressive. And you just don't know it at the time because in the value system, sometimes of a teenager, you think, oh, that's not, that's, that's not, that doesn't seem to have the, the, the monetary value you think it does. But, I, but admissions deans, people, whomever, as long as you can tell that story compellingly of what it means to take care of your brother, cook a meal, walk to school, whatever your life is and what you're thinking about, it has value. And I think the becoming and Mrs. Obama's story, and I would argue the reason Reach Higher and Better Make Room exists is because we want young people to see their own worth, their own value, that they're worth it, and that college and education will help themselves realize. So any story you can tell, if it's authentically you and you can convince the reader why you believe in it, that's all that matters. It could be about, you know, your favorite arroz con pollo recipe, or it could be about, you know, why, you know, you feel, why you're upset about protesting the street, you name it. It can be about anything. Eric, you've got me so inspired by that, because let me tell you, I think um, so many of us don't keep journals, or we do keep journals, or we keep journals at part of our lives, and I think, you know, a personal statement is just, it's just almost a journal exercise, right? It's really just one of those incredibly important moments of self-reflection and while we're in a pandemic I think this is an incredibly important time to do some self-reflection but I um nerd out for a second here and, and tell one of my stories I uh I used to journal a lot and I kept a diary when I was little and I actually recently found my diary from when I was in third grade right and I mean it's totally totally dorky right like I mean I'm in third grade it's in pink it's in pink writing um but it's amazing the through lines in your life, right? The people who touched you um, when you're young and how they continue to, to kind of, you stand on their shoulders or you hold their hands through your whole life, right? And you see these through lines. And I, I could appreciate, you know, I shouldn't do it publicly, but in third grade, I won a dance award and I still love to dance. <laughs> like I said, I will not do it on these podcasts, but, um, but I will say like, there are these things that you find out about yourself that you forget sometimes. Um, and when you go back and read a personal statement or you go back and read a journal or you allow yourself to be vulnerable and actually do the becoming work because we're never through. Um, we're always evolving. We're always growing. I think that's the best of these exercises, right? I always try to tell students, this is not painful. 
Um, it shouldn't be painful. Try to enjoy this. This is an entree point into telling your story of getting your voice. And if it's painful, then you're not going to write something that somebody's going to want to read. Um, if you think of it as fun, even if that sounds a little perverse, and I know those of you who are applying right now think I'm crazy, but if you try to make it fun, um, if you try to give it, you know, talk about that favorite recipe or your favorite grandmother or your favorite whatever it is, um, and let your, let your, you know, I always say we're most powerful when our heart, our hands, uh, and our heads are in alignment. Try to get in that alignment and let that shine through. That exercise actually can be really powerful. So um, as we as we kind of wrap up on this, you know, also just want to say, you know, what each of you talked about kind of when you look back and you tell your story, you know, what are the words that you would want a student here right now in terms of being scared to tell their story? What what would you kind of encourage them in terms of, of being brave at this moment? Any any thoughts about about kind of putting yourself out there? Carla, you want to go first? Yeah, no, I would just say that, um, yeah, being brave um, does involve like a, a sense of, of vulnerability, but it's 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 when we're vulnerable that we're actually able to to encourage one another and um, that to be able to think of a personal statement as as thinking about you sharing what you value and what you care about. And actually that connects so well with someone else and that that could inspire you to care for, like you guys were saying, a recipe or whatever it is, like whatever it might be that the question is asking, but, but that could inspire someone else by, by you being vulnerable to care as well as much as you do for something. So um, when that is put into light, I think it makes it so much less daunting and exciting to be able to, to share with someone else um, what you care about and um, why they should care too. Elisa? Yeah, um, I, for me, I would say is to think beyond just it being a entrance essay or a personal statement. Um, this is a document that you can look back to in the future when you're in finals week or in the middle of you know, your, your time at your, your institution when you're feeling down or you're feeling like, wow, this is just too much, to go back and read your personal statement and regain uh, inspiration for why you chose to go to that institution or why you chose to study what it is you you want to study or kind of realign uh, your passions because that's definitely what I what I did um, during my time in my graduate program when I would meet or reach those breaking points where I'm just like why am I here why was I chosen especially being first generation the first in my family that imposter syndrome is real and there's times where mm -hmm. I doubted myself um, and I would go back to read my personal statement to regain inspiration or to reignite that light or that spark in me that allowed me to apply in the first place. And so I think it's important just think beyond getting accepted, but also as a tool to help you in those times of need um, when you're in your program. No, that's, that's absolutely beautiful framing. I mean, to think of this is not a an exercise, but actually something that is a reflection point for the rest of your life, right? That it's not about getting into one college at one point in time, but it's about, you know, we use this phrase all the time at the court, the sparks that create fireworks, right? It's a spark. Uh, and and letting, instead of letting things go dim, uh, it can remind you that you are a spark and you are becoming a firework and you are constantly improving. And like I said, I'm older than, than, <laughs> than, than a lot of people that are watching this and listening to this. Um, but we constantly have to, to, 
keep telling ourselves and renewing ourselves and, and keeping that, that piece lit. That doesn't go away. Um, you never get to a point in your life where you're like, yep, I'm done. I'm, I am perfectly, um, uh, you know, what's the word? Sparky, <laughs> peppy, whatever the word is. Um, I, I don't need to, to have that light, um, you know, uh, kind of sparked. I'm, I'm good. That, that never, ha- at least I haven't found the day where that happens. You have to constantly remind yourself and, and keep lighting that, 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 that spark. Eric, any, any final thoughts you have? You're, you're somebody who, um, like I said, you've, you've seen a lot of, um, of students go through this process, but you're also somebody who I think, this is one of the reasons why I love you so much, um, who's very reflective about kind of, it's not just the end point, it's about the journey, right? It's not just about, about getting to one place. It's about, it's about the process and kind of the friends and the reflection and the self-care that you take along the way. So any, any final thoughts you've got, Eric? Yeah, I just want to reflect and say what you're talking about right now, what each of you have said makes me think in some ways, thinking about a personal statement, more like a letter to your future self or sort of one of these moments where you're reflecting or maybe it's a letter to your past self, right? Of like, hey, like, I wish you'd known this or, the, you know, because a moment of forced reflection about meaning. And to me, again, uh, you know, it, it's so fascinating because I think college is one of the biggest first hurdles of like a signifier moment of change right but for people throughout their lives you know and Nicole you know this and and I think about Mrs. Obama just having worked with her for so many years no matter how successful you are you made it to college you still feel like an imposter you made it to the White House you still feel like an imposter you know you have a best-selling book of all time you're still wondering is someone not going to like me you know I, I'm in a place in my life I, I, I have job, a job I'm proud of and a team I'm proud of but it's still like wait you're still, you're never done, right? All of us are always growing and changing. And so to me, the personal statement, these journeys, these reflections is really just a chance to learn. And actually I would argue something that we don't do well enough is talk about it as a chance to fail. And that's the other thing that resonated in my mind. I think unfortunately there's so much stress and anxiety that's placed on the college application process um, that we don't acknowledge the reality that failure is a hundred percent part of life and how you bounce back is more important. So yeah, like it's okay to fail at your personal statement or not get into your top school or all these things that failure is so much more often and what all of us will experience. And yet for some reason we don't normalize it. And to me, I wonder how do we, you know, like I feel like I want to write a personal statement about failing and that we should make failure acceptable because failing is actually learning. And so to me, all of this is making me think how, you know, I work with really high-performing adults who are still afraid of failing and are still are so, so have so much anxiety about being told like that wasn't good enough. And gosh, if only we could have fixed it at the personal statement level and said like, <laughs> these edits, they're great. Like we're making it better. You didn't work out the first time. That's okay. Like let's work on it next time. And we're all just growing and improving. So to me, that, that, that's the journey is, is just constant learning, growing and self-reflection. Eric, it's really beautiful. And I'm thinking about... Um... Not only have I heard you say this and Mrs. Obama say this, the other thing Mrs. Obama says all the time, which I love, is um, a lot of us are brought up as, as box checkers, right? You check the box, yeah. right? So you check the box, you go to high school, you check the box, you go to college, um, you know, and that might be all sorts of different ways, community college, four-year, you check the box. I mean, for those of us on this call, you, know, you check the box and you go to grad school or you go to law school or whatever that looks like, and you keep checking these boxes, and then you realize the real joy real light, real love, real satisfaction does not come from checking boxes, right? It actually is something much more profound than that. And actually, if we just check boxes, we wake up one day and say, hmm, 
I've checked a whole lot of boxes, but where's where's the joy? Where's the fulfillment? Where's the growth? Where's the happiness? Uh, because the box in and of itself doesn't make us happy, right? I mean, I, I think about my own educational journey, and I remember getting a PhD, first in my family to ever go to graduate school on, on, on the one side of the family. And um, it was a big moment in a lot of ways, but I also felt afterwards like, okay, box checked, right? And, and back to the imposter piece, I think we all, there's so much humanity in this. There's so much common uh, thread that I'm hearing in all of our voices right now about um, the personal statement, if you do it right, might actually just be one of those moments of reflection where we just say, you know what, this is who I am right now. And I'm going to share it with you, admissions officer. I'm going to share it with you, counselor. I'm going to share it with you, advisor. I'm going to share it with you, parent or friend. And I know that this is a work in progress because I'm a work in progress, right? Um, and I'm not going to let this be a moment of judgment. I'm going to let this be a moment of reflection. Um, and I think anytime we can move from judgment to reflection, we're always going in a good direction. So, um, yeah. Okay. Any, any final thoughts? We're about to wrap up here. Anything you want to say to those students out there who are about to do this? Start early. <laughs> Start early. Don't turn in your first draft. I heard that one. Have someone read it. Yeah. Someone have someone read it. Yeah. Someone, have someone read it. They'll, they'll <laughs> fix your commas and your semicolons and all those things. Yeah. Again, that's same, same thing with resumes. Same thing with cover letters. Let someone else read it. The typo is the easiest way for someone to say, I guess they didn't care. The mm. other thing I think is, you know, I'll, I'll give you the piece of, of writing um, advice that a, a playwriting teacher of mine gave me in college. I'm not a playwright, but he was a good playwright. Um, and he said, you know, the secret of writing and playwriting is just write, write something you wish you, you could, that you'd be excited to read, right? So if you're writing something that's not interesting, no one else is going to find it interesting. Like write the thing that you're, that you're excited about. And again, I think that's the same deal about vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. You're excited to read something that feels raw and truthful and something that no one else could say. So what's that unique, truthful, vulnerable thing that only you can offer this world? And that's, it's simple advice, but it's so hard to execute. But once people who unlock that, those are the, those are, that's electric, right? That's electricity mm -hmm. in, in a box. No, and look at, I, you, you all have done it beautifully today. You actually have modeled it. Um, just be yourself, right? Be authentic, just show up. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll do one little quick tip from when I was uh, a college uh, faculty member. Read it to yourself out loud. It's amazing when you read something out loud, the things you don't catch when you try to read it in your head. So, well, we're going to wrap, um, but I do want to say this. I think we got some good practical advice out there. So students, do not panic. Uh, our final word of, of advice, and I know all four of us mean this from the bottom of our hearts, is we believe in you. You can do this. So, um, Go, go do that. Go fill out that personal statement. Those in your life that are, are supporting you, thank you for supporting our students. We know there is so much talent and so much opportunity, and we need to make those things happen. So uh, to the three of you, thank you so much. Um, so grateful for you and so grateful for the light and love you bring to the College of Eisenhower and to students and to your work now. Um, and I will say goodbye. Uh, for all of you watching and listening, Thank you. I hope you're fired up and inspired. I'm fired up and inspired. It's such an Obama thing to say fired up, right? But we're fired up and ready to go. We're ready to help. Fired up, ready to go and ready to get kids to college. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you for spending some time with us. I hope you've left inspired and ready to serve. For more information about College Advising Corps, please visit collegeadvisingcorps.org. And until next time, we believe in you.